Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd. Only two games on the schedule tonight, so we will get into both games, break those down, give out our best bets on those, and then we're going to look at some of the struggling playoff teams or cup contending teams around the league since the trade deadline, what's going on with them, what they could possibly do to fix it, and uh, you'll want to stick around and be in store for a little rant from Moretto here about, uh, about one of these possible cup contending teams who's been falling off a little bit since the deadline so you want to hear that but uh guys wednesday morning only two games how are we doing today i think i'm doing better than alex right now yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yes a long night for me yesterday of course i do uh, on the ice guys we do a live bet cast on tuesday night so with 13 games it was a lot of hockey to watch but it was a lot of fun and uh you know it's like i said we talk about the imbalance of the hockey schedule uh, there's a ton of games one night and not that many next i'm kind of mm-hmm. happy there's only two games this evening <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Tonight's a good break for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moretto, how'd you do last night with uh, bouncing between 13 NHL games and the World Baseball Classic? Did one take priority over the you other? You know what? what I, uh, like? I uh, didn't want to hurt the wrist and flipping back and forth too much. I just stayed on the World Baseball Classic the whole time. So um, right. any any hockey bets I had, just, just checking the score every once in a while. It was kind of nice, <laughs> nice little change of pace. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah, well, last night was a good reminder, I think, for NHL fans about how messed up it is that we don't get to see international hockey for uh, for the top-end players. You get to watch quite literally, quite literally a Hollywood ending there, like a picture-perfect storybook ending, 3-2, one-run game. You got Shohei Otani pitching to his teammate, Mike Trout, the two best ba- players in baseball right now, strikes him out to end the game and win the World Baseball Classic. And then it's just sitting there realizing Connor McDavid hasn't worn a Canadian jersey on his on his back or on his chest since uh, he was 17 years old. And you just get, realize how much you're missing out on from that standpoint for international hockey. And all thanks to uh, none other than Gary Bettman, who signs a new deal with Fanatics yesterday. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, before we get into the games, I want to know your opinions on the Fanatics signing, because I was being asked about it. It's something that I've heard about and seen a lot online. With the with the NHL going to Fanatics, the biggest concern for me was that all these big deal, these big companies have now pulled away from the NHL. But do you guys have any thoughts on uh, the NHL going over to Fanatics here? As as someone who collects hockey jerseys, this is uh, not really the best of uh, of news. The Fanatics uniforms, you know, that they have right now, they basically do all of the replica jerseys. And if if you yeah. bought an Adidas authentic and a Fanatics replica, you would notice a extreme difference in the weight this the the texture the feel and you know the fanatics jersey a lot of people have complained about tears and rips in them uh and different things and when you spend 120 to 150 dollars for an item you don't <laughs> that's the last thing you want to worry about is it you know ripping and tearing on you after you wear it a couple of times so uh hopefully they will put some you know just better quality into their product as a store fanatics is wonderful i mean you can get you know virtually any team's memorabilia you want or, or uh apparel and they usually have great deals, but the stuff that they make in house hasn't been of the, of the top quality. I was really hoping that Nike would be the uh, the NHL jersey, uh, you know, provider, uh, like they were for some teams back in the mid and late nineties, uh, but that wasn't the case. So we'll just hope for the best uh, with Fanatics, and also I'm just looking forward to buying a bunch of Adidas jerseys on sale this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right, 17 Cali saying here in the chat, prepared to lose more money on the pens today. So let's get into today's games and the best bets because I know that uh, with both of you guys, we're leaning towards maybe the other side here. But the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to Colorado to take on the Avalanche tonight. Pittsburgh has now fallen out of a playoff spot. You look at the other night was a swing opportunity. They lose, Florida wins, so jump over them. Luckily for Pittsburgh, Florida doesn't win again last night to continue to move up past them. But uh, right now, sitting a point back of Florida. They got a game in hand on them. They're four points back of the Islanders, two games in hand on the Islanders right now. But this Pittsburgh team has been struggling lately, uh, and it just hasn't been as much of a last 10 games thing as it has been a uh, extended stretch. But over the last 10, you're four, five, and one. You're now on a four-game losing streak, and this team not so great on the road, 15, 15, and five so far this season, whereas Colorado heading exactly the opposite direction, a six-game win streak. They're seven, two, and one in their last 10 um moretto if you're looking at this game tonight between colorado and pittsburgh are you uh going to get behind 17 cali here and be prepared to lose money on the pens or are you going to go the opposite way i uh i don't like i don't want to bet this game i have no interest in betting this game to be honest with you <laughs> like it's, it's that's the one thing that sucks about you know you doing this show and having two games they're like kind of like trying to force bets like i mean yeah the pens are not, you know, getting results. They're not playing well on the road. Um, but at the same time, you look at their underlying metrics, like in the last month, they're, you know, six in the NHL, 56% uh, expected goal share. That's better than the the abs who are shooting up the standings and now like gunning for that first place in the division. So it's not like they're playing all that bad. Um, so like, do I want to lay 160 with the, the abs? No. Are the abs probably going to win? Yes. If I bet the abs, are the penguins going to win? Yes. So like, I think for me, it's just like, I just, I just don't, I was going to force a bet, and I just think I'm just going to completely stay off this game. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if we're being honest, I'm just going to completely stay off this game. Like, I know how I know how it ends. I don't need to hurt the uh, the ROI of edge work. You know, account's been doing pretty well so far. So, um, I mean, like, realistically, though, like, the Penguins are maybe one of those teams that are, like, kind of a buy-low team right now just because they are playing well and not getting the results. But, like, the underlying numbers are all decently impressive. They're – not really getting saves like Jari's been struggling. Um, schedule's been like somewhat easy too, which is a little bit concerning. You know, maybe that plays into yeah. their good underlying numbers. You know, they like over their last 10, they've played the teams they've beaten are Columbus, Philly, and the Rangers. So I'll talk more about the Rangers later. But uh, so the schedule's been easy. So maybe that lends to it too. But I don't know. I'm just not eager to, to fade them at the same time. Right. Go quality over quantity and a little bit of a shift from what we saw in yesterday's show. I don't know if you guys call what happened there, but launched away 12 best bets and ended up going up uh, up three units on the night and some notable ones here. Jack Hughes over three and a half shots on goal from Todd. Grab 10 shots on goal. Pasternak over four and a half, seven. Uh, pretty good day grabbing underdogs on the board yesterday. And then, of course, you know, the Leafs have to fall apart for us it is what it is but then some of the other ones but still up on the night from yesterday 24 percent roi on 12 bets but yeah just firing throwing darts I, uh, yesterday. that's how i want to give a shout is. out to someone uh someone on twitter named uncle d i'm not sure exactly who he is or who she is or whatever but uh, i got a dm late last night saying um your boys needed your expertise on edge work last night giving out the leaps shaking my head need <laughs> so, uh, me there to, to talk some sense into you guys and uh, not let you bet the lease unfortunately i was not there and uh, you guys bet the lease and this is what happens <laughs> yeah but you missed out on todd's uh penalty minute props that was the new thing that was added in yesterday 
we're hammering penalty minute props in here. He's in the chat right now. Says they went two and two, lost both sides of the Preds game because there was a fight. So, <laughs> Alex, if you're uh, Alex B. Smith, if you're looking at this game tonight, is there anything that you'd be willing to play in this one? Yeah, I actually like the Avalanche here on the first period puck line, laying that half a goal plus one thirty-five. I feel like Pittsburgh. It's you know, these losses have been kind of tight and tough. I think that they may start off a little bit slow. You know, like since they've been playing a long stretch, playing some bad hockey. You know, in the altitude. You know, maybe they get the. You know, it takes a while for their legs to get under them. But I like Colorado to come out of that first period with the lead, and then maybe look for a Pittsburgh live spot if they can kind of fight back. Uh, in that period or even coming out of the gate. You know, this Pittsburgh team, they're a veteran team, team that makes a lot of adjustments between periods. So uh, I think this game will be kind of tight and close. It's one of those that initially when I looked at it, I thought about maybe looking at the regulation draw because think about it, these are two teams that need points in their respective conferences, but for different reasons. Pittsburgh's trying to solidify a playoff spot and get back in that wild card race. He said uh, Colorado now they're in the hunt for uh, potentially winning a central division title again and, just trying to sharpen the sword, getting ready to, to defend the crown officially as uh, you know defending Stanley Cup champs. So I could see where if this game's tight late, you know, no team's going to really risk, uh, you know, trying to go all for it and, and and get the win in regulation if they know they can at least secure one point and then try to sell things in overtime or, or shootout. So I would lean with a draw, but I like that first period puck line a bit more with Colorado. All right, so we got that plus one fifty five. You want to go a full unit on that? Yeah, we'll go full unit. All right, so there you go. First official bet of the night. Avalanche first period puck line minus 0. 0.5 at plus 155. That was the best price available. If you shop around, you can see some 150s, 154, other 155s available out there as well. But uh, before we get to the next game here, uh, there is a question in the chat, Alex uh, Moretto. This one will pertain more to us. Uh, Matthew Bingham asking, more uh, morning fellas, can you recommend a book in Ontario that does NHL same-game parlays? I thought points bet used to, but haven't seen any for hockey lately. Um, off the top of my head, bet 365 would yeah. be one. FanDuel um, does. I think North Star, North Star Bets does for sure. Um, DraftKings, I, I think, as well. I don't play same-game parlays, but yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I, th I can't even think of books that don't. Uh, I'm trying to think of yeah, like... I can. Uh, Sports interaction does not. Okay. Um, oh, I don't think another one. I don't think Proline Plus does either. Yes, correct, correct. I so, don't play. I don't really play the same game parlays. I know um someone Todd was actually messaging me about the same game parlays on FanDuel um and how they're letting you put shot totals into the uh same game parlays like you know. Hughes over three and a half shots. He sure over two and a half shots into the same game parlay. And then once you submit the bet slip, it doesn't actually go through and says you cannot, you know, invalid selections or whatever. So it's very oh, strange. Yeah. So I don't know. So maybe, I don't know, but I don't really play many, but I, I think most books you're able to do same game yeah. parlays for hockey. It depends what you're looking to throw in them. Cause apparently if it's shot props, then um, maybe you'll have trouble actually getting them through. Yeah. Yeah. That also depends on where you select the pit, like make the selection from as well, and like what you go through and how you build it out. Sometimes it allows you to do stuff, sometimes it doesn't. So that's sometimes it's just a matter of how you actually build it. But uh, yeah, I don't do them either. I know occasionally you throw together one on on uh, Bet three six five when they have like the little profit boosts going. So keep an eye out for those. But uh, <laughs> that's a, that's about it. Um, 
uh, Uncle D is D- Daniel Alfredson. Is that Uncle D there? <laughs> I hope so. I hope it is. <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, second game of the night, Uh, this one. Arizona heading to Edmonds to take on the Oilers. Uh, Arizona has 6-2-2 in their last 10. They're still, I talked about over the last couple of days how I like now you get to go on to the standings and you see the little eliminated icon beside some of the teams letting you know, yep, they're done, that is it for their season, they cannot make the playoffs. The Arizona Coyotes are one team hanging on to not get themselves that eliminated icon quite yet. Uh, 6-2-2 in their last 10. 7-22 and 8 on the road this season, though, and they're heading on the road tonight to take on the Edmonton Oilers, who are third in the Pacific, 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10. They're coming into this one on a four-game win streak. Uh, Moretto, is this a spot here tonight where we could be looking to flip to the other side with a big price and maybe just find a way to back the Arizona Coyotes on the road against the Oilers tonight? Yeah, I uh, I am going to back the Coyotes. They've been playing slightly better hockey, small sample, but like over the last 10, they've been playing better hockey. Oilers have been playing very well. They remain, you know, within like the top seven or so in the league in expected goal share, but goaltending just like, still like, I mean, we saw, uh, we saw it on Monday night. Jack Campbell really struggled. Skinner's really been struggling. Uh, he hasn't been the same guy that he was earlier in the year when he came in and, and sort of saved them a little bit. The team obviously has the firepower to overcome that. And they're just basically going out there and trying to outscore teams. But like, mm-hmm. If you're going to give me plus two and a half with a team that's, you know, uh, against, you know, fading a team that uh, that struggles to keep the puck out of the net, I'll gladly take that. I think that, um, you know, Arizona can do enough to generate enough offense on this, uh, whether it's Skinner or Campbell, I'm expecting Skinner, but I think they can generate enough offense here to sort of stay in this game. All right. Well, you'll be taking the Coyotes plus two and a half, but I'm going to flip to the other side and go with our classic minus one and a half on the coyotes that might have to be the look there tonight though. My, minus 162 at penny apparently on that minus one and a half on the <laughs> i think that's a mistake yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh alex uh is there anything that you might be looking at in this coyotes game here tonight is this kind of stay away spot this is a big stay away spot for me i mean like it, it makes sense if you really do think that that arizona can keep pace which they Ultimately, it could, because like I said, with, with Edmonton, we've seen them kind of sleepwalk in these, uh, you know, standalone random games. I think about when they played Columbus uh, about three, four weeks ago, and it was a, like a TNT Wednesday night game. It was just nothing was going on. All of a sudden, it, you know, you blink and they were losing the game. So it, it's one of those spots where they could get caught up. And, and, you know, that's why you don't want to lay these big prices sometimes with, with some of these favorites. But honestly, uh, you know, this is a, a Coyotes team that's lost the last four meetings against Edmonton, and they've also lost seven of the last 10 in Edmonton. This should be a, a Oilers route. I probably won't even watch this game, to be truly honest. I'm definitely not betting it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, so best bets today. I uh, have locked in two here. We'll go through them, and I will remind people at the end, very end of the show as well. But so far, the only two and the two games that we've covered and two games that are on tonight, we're looking at the Colorado Avalanche. First period puck line minus 0.5. Plus 155 for a full unit in that one. And then in the Coyotes-Oilers game, we're looking at the Arizona Coyotes plus 2.5, minus 110 full unit in that one as well. So uh, there you go. Two best bets in the two games tonight. We'll there's, also a, uh, there's also a big uh, semifinal game happening in men's league at York University tonight at 9 o'clock. So 
you know, we can start we, we start breaking that down, or maybe next Wednesday another light schedule. Maybe we break down the final <laughs> if uh, if our team makes it there. You know, we'll we'll see. If we have another light schedule next week, then yes, we will have to. Maybe we'll have to send someone out there from the hammer to video Get this, and then Alex B. Footage. Smith and I can uh, break down like video <laughs> breakdown on next week's show. That'll be what takes it up. This guy hasn't put in the hard stride since the second period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That'll have to be next week's show if we end up with two games again. But we do have more stuff to talk about today. Uh, Interestingly enough, we're looking at some of these teams uh, that are supposed to be cup contenders. And since the trade deadline, so these teams, their underlying numbers, their play has kind of fallen off. Some of them have continued to get results. You look at uh, the Leafs, Vegas, they've won some games here. Despite that, uh, the Rangers still able to put up a ton of offense despite it as well. Uh, but then the Tampa Bay Lightning, on the other hand, theirs is kind of, their actual record and their ability to put up points or get points has started to deteriorate over the last little while to the point where it's become a cause of concern in the media and for Lightning fans. Uh, but, Moretto, if you're looking at these teams, like let's look at specifically the Lightning, the Rangers, the Leafs, and the Knights. Their expected goals for over the last little while since the trade deadline has dropped off to be some of the worst in the NHL. Is there a team here that is more surprising to you than others? Do these kind of make sense for why they've fallen off? Like, where do you stand when you're looking at these teams, their underlying numbers, what's happened to them since the deadline? Do you have an explanation for it at all? Um, the Lightning, I think, are uh, are one of those teams that have earned the benefit of the doubt. Where, like, we saw this last year, too. Last year, in their last 15 games of the season, they were 21st in expected goal share. I mean, I think they have the right to kind of coast through different periods of uh, of the season. I don't, I mean, I don't think they necessarily are trying to go all out for home ice advantage in the first round. Would it be nice? Sure. Like, does it really matter to them at the end of the day? Probably not. Um, I think, you know, teams like that have earned the benefit of the doubt. You could say, well, you know, the Leafs are probably looking ahead to the playoffs now too. Maybe that's why their play has dropped off. A little bit different in my opinion. I don't think they've, they've earned that same benefit for the doubt, right? They have like the patterns kind of rear their ugly head and it's like the same following the same pattern over and over again. It's like picking up these bad habits and like, you know, um, unable to string together long stretches of good play. You don't want to go into the playoffs, you know, a very important playoffs for them playing like this. So I'm a little bit more concerned there. The Rangers, we can get into the range. I, I hear Alex's thoughts first. I have a lot more about the Rangers. I think the Rangers are as fraudulent as it gets. I am, I am, absolutely concerned about the Rangers and I am selling on the Rangers. Yeah. And as, as far as, as Tampa Bay goes, uh, like I said, yeah, the benefit of the doubt, you can give them that. And especially the sense of, you know, this is a team that I've been saying it for a while now, they've played so much hockey, so much meaningful hockey that, you know, when you look just at on the surface, you can just tell that their body language is just some games. They're really jazzed up and ready for it. And some games they aren't like, there's no gray area with this lightning team right now. They're on or they're off. And that's a tough spot to be in right now, getting ready for the playoffs. And like I said, more than likely shaping up to play a Toronto team, which we all know they're going to be jazzed up to, to be uh, trying to get past this first round. And to do that now, possibly against a Tampa team, which obviously Everybody in the Eastern Conference wants to be Tampa. They've won the Eastern Conference three years in a row. So I think, you know, Tampa's in a real vulnerable spot once they get into the postseason. It's not like last year where, okay, yeah, they, they're going through uh, and they aren't playing the best hockey at the end of the year, but they'll turn it on in the playoffs. 
now I, I don't feel that. Like, I, like when I watch them, I feel like this is a team that they may only win one or two games in the postseason, to be honest. I could see this being a real quick exit, and uh, and it's probably for the best. I think, honestly, if Tampa Bay, the two best things for them to happen would be losing the first round or win the Stanley Cup. You go and, and, and go to the conference finals or go to a cup final again and lose – and play more big-time hockey, risk more of your stars getting hurt. Think about all the injuries that had piled up over the years with some of those key players that had to rest throughout the offseason. I think this core group could really, honestly, you know, use a break. And I think a summer off would probably be better for them in the long run. They can come right back next year and still be a top-tier team. They're still going to be a dangerous contender for at least another three four years, in my opinion. So uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, honestly, if they don't have a big run this postseason. Right. And then uh, your thoughts on the Rangers there and where the Rangers are at. I know Murdo has some things to say, but uh, Alex B. Smith, if you have thoughts on the Rangers before we get to that. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I like I said, the, the additions that they've made, obviously, Patrick Kane and, and, and Tarasenko, you can add those guys in the lineup now. They have one of the, of, in my opinion, one of the top five best offenses in the league when they're, you know, ro- rocking and rolling. And they have a great goaltender in Igor Shesterkin, but – it just seems like, yeah, they need to be a bit more consistent. Like I said, there's times where this team looks a bit lost, uh, and especially on the offensive end. And you wonder if maybe that was just with they, you know, all these new pieces they're trying to gel together. You've got so many guys who are used to playing, you know, big roles with their offense. Think about Patrick Kane having to kind of basically take a step down in his power play role. He's not the quarterback on that power play anymore. He's more alongside of the wing. So. Those little adjustments, and, and you're talking about guys who've been in you know Chicago and St. Louis respectively for a long time, coming in, it takes a while for those those things to gel. Just because they're great players, it's still you know you have to be cohesive. So once they get the cohesiveness together, and we've seen the flashes of brilliance. Look at that game on on Saturday where you know uh, the big blowout against Pittsburgh. When they have everything together uh, and they can keep it together, that's the, the the question moving forward. Can they keep this consistency moving? But uh, I, I think they are a dangerous team, and I think they're, they're one of the better teams in the East, in my opinion. Right. Do you disagree with that? <laughs> yeah, I think this team's a, a paper tiger. Um, they've been so lucky in the health department. Like, I mean, you look at last season, top four defensemen missed a combined nine games of the regular season. Last playoff, they missed a combined three games. Dylan Strom was the only top six forward that missed a game last playoffs. And then the teams they played against, like the Pens, you know, Jari goes down um, – Jari goes down to Smith goes down. They're starting Louis Domingue in that Crosby goes down, who was absolutely dominating them. Dumlin goes down in game one. Raquel goes down in game one. They played Carolina without Freddie Anderson. They played Tampa without Braden point. I mean, every round their opponents are dropping like flies and somehow they remain incredibly healthy and they still got caved all playoffs. This team got absolutely caved in. Uh, they finished the playoffs with an expected goal share below 40%. It was the worst mark of all 16 playoff teams. That includes the predators who got swept and you know who posted the best expected goal share in the playoffs last year? Can you guys guess that for me? Out of the 16 teams? No? The Penguins. The Penguins, who they who lost in round one to the Rangers, posted a 64% expected goal share in round one. Absolutely dominated the Rangers over seven games. Just couldn't buy a save because they were down to their basically me in net. Uh, Crosby obviously getting hurt. Jumlin getting hurt. Raquel getting hurt. And then Igor's just standing on his head. Like – you know, I mean, Igor posted a goal saved above expected mark of 23 in the playoffs last year, 23 through three rounds. The next best was 13. That's just insane. Like, that's great. And that's, you know, that's part of hockey. It is what it is. He blocked out one of the most incredible goalie stretches, you know, performances we've seen in a long time. That's fine. 
But like Rangers fans are like are sitting there last year, kind of refusing to acknowledge that like, hey, yeah, maybe we rode our luck a little bit or like, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, everything kind of broke our way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can take advantage of the circumstances and make a nice run. Great. But like, I mean, come on, this team was this team did nothing to earn that run last year. Everyone they played got hurt. They still played garbage. They were basically just needed a hawk goalie. And now these same sort of patterns are rearing their ugly head again. They're playing brutal hockey over the last month or so. They're not like, I mean, yeah, sure. Offensively, like they can be, they can score a ton of goals when they're on, but like those same guys who provide the offense also offer nothing on the other end. And that's a real problem in my opinion, in the playoffs, Shesterkin hasn't been the same Shesterkin as he's been last year. I just, I can't wait to fade this team in the playoffs. In my opinion, I think that they're going to be out relatively quickly unless Igor like becomes Igor of last year again. Um, but they're going to need something just really out of this world from him because I just don't think this team has it. I think they're a fundamentally bad hockey team. Uh, I think they're definitely a house of cards. We saw Lindgren go down finally. You know, again, they've been healthy all year. We see Lindgren go down um, a few weeks ago. Since Lingren goes down, they've been brutal. He came back yesterday, sure. But like if this, this team needs to stay perfectly healthy again, in order to have even a chance. And if they don't, I just can't buy into them whatsoever. Um, maybe, you know, maybe everyone around them gets hurt again, like that, like last year, and maybe they end up making another fake run to the conference finals before getting obliterated by the Bruins. Is, is that possible? Sure. I can, you know, I can see, I mean, it's already started. Svechikov got hurt. Who's next? Like Hughes, he sure. I don't know. I, um, I, I want nothing to do with this team. I think they are absolutely a house of cards. I think that they're, uh, they're out round one, assuming, uh, assuming, you know, the teams they play can stay somewhat healthy. I think that they're going to be a relatively quick exit. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think some of the things that we've seen out of it, especially with Shesterkin's play dropping off is would kind of, or compared yeah. to last year, at least would uh, lean towards that as well. But um, if you're looking at the Vegas Golden Knights right now, you're talking about the expected goal share, 31st in the NHL. <laughs> Todd, Todd <laughs> sit with your chest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Golden Knights, 31st uh, in the expected goal share since the trade deadline now. Um, this is a team that they have suffered some of these injuries. You have lost Mark Stone. You don't really have that number one goaltender going into the playoffs here. Uh, you do have Logan Thompson and Jonathan Quick, and you're seeing some of that, but I don't know if those are necessarily guys that you can rely upon to go on to a long-term playoff run. If you're looking at that Vegas Golden Knights roster, you look around at the West, your biggest competition is likely going to be within uh, Colorado, Edmonton, and I'd say probably Dallas at that point and some of the other teams that would compete to go further into the Western playoff race there. But if you are the Vegas Golden Knights, you're looking at your roster – what do you reasonably expect that you can do this season? Is there any opportunity for them to go for a run, or is this kind of last stretch since the trade deadline and their expected goal share telling of who they are and what they would be over the long term, uh, Moretto, if you're looking at them? Um, I still like. am not out on Vegas. I think their blue line is really good. I think the West is fairly open. Um, goaltending, you know, goaltending can be passable depending on uh, – I'm not sure when Logan Thompson is expected back, but if they can go with the Thompson and quick duo, I think that'll be okay. Um, I, the blue line's really good variance. I think that they're, uh, I think that they're, you know, capable of bringing this team to like maybe a conference final, something like that. For me, it's just the forward depth. That's a real problem right now. 
in that there's not a bit, basically. Um, they're decently strong down the middle, but like on the wings, they're really bad. They need to get healthy. If they can get healthy in time, if Mark Stone's able to come back, um, you know, like if, if, if Carrier is able to come back, I, I mean, Nicholas Waugh, like if they're able to get guys back in the lineup up front, I think they'll be okay. But if they're not, then that's basically what it comes down to for me, you know, because I think defensively they're, they're very strong. Um, it's just a matter of can they get enough goals in a, in a fairly wide open uh, Western Conference. I know I see Gabe in the chat talking about the Kings and Jordan in the chat talking yeah, about the Kings. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Matt, I'm sure Matt Russell riled them all up yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm not, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not like rushing to buy the Kings. I still think there's a bit more, uh, a bit more uh, red flags there, but um, right for Vegas, just get healthy. Vegas gets healthy. I think they absolutely can still turn this around and be okay. Right. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's funny because the Kings, that's the team I actually do like in the Pacific. And I think the Kings could make a run much like how Alex has mentioned about the Rangers last year. Like they have a, a hot goalie that's been a true anomaly in Phoenix Copley, you know, a journeyman who has just somehow found this magic right now. Uh, you know, they've got some decent offense and they just have guys that just kind of step up at the right time. Like there's no real big superstar, even though you have Kopitar and Dowdy, the guys who've been around for forever and they're, you know, uh, you know, solid players, but there's no just one guy that they just lean on super heavy. It's not like a, you know, McDavid situation uh, in, in Edmonton or even like right now, like, you know, Vegas leaning heavy on Jack Eichel and some of those top guys. Like it, it's, it's pretty diverse where the scoring comes from and their defense is solid too. So the Kings are actually a team I like more than Vegas. I think Vegas is, you know, It'll be a a, a a a tough out in the playoffs. They're going to definitely, you know, like I said, play some low and slow hockey, especially at home. Probably going to see a lot of overtimes in that first round, whoever they they draw. Uh, but I don't see them really doing much damage. But the Kings are the team I think that can maybe sneak around and all of a sudden find themselves potentially in that Western Conference final against a team like Dallas. Right. I will right. say if the Kings are able to, uh, sorry, if Vegas is able to hold off and win the division, it's going to be tough. Just, I mean, they're, they're not playing well, but they're getting the results, right? Their last 10 games, their underlying metrics are brutal, but they're still eight and two uh, since the trade deadline. But if they're able to like, even with these injuries, fend off the Kings and still win the division, then I'll be looking to buy low on the Kings uh, on the, on the Knights. Sorry, because mm. that home ice advantage is, is, you know, pretty, pretty lethal in Vegas and uh, you know, yeah. getting those fans behind them for the playoffs. I think that could, that could go a long way. So, um, and I mean, we're not talking about just winning the division. If they win the division, they're likely going to have top seed all the way through the playoffs. If they uh, in the West, if they, you know, if they're able to hold on. So that's something I'll, I'll wait to see too. Great point. Yeah. Uh, comments in the chat here. A Forger saying Dallas is the best team in the West. When uh, they have it all together, when when Jake Ottinger's on on his game and that and that offense, yeah, I I, I wouldn't argue with that. I love I like Dallas. Dallas. I, would, I would love, to, yeah, I would love to see Dallas go all the way. I, I'm yeah. a little bit concerned about the fact that they uh, have about half their points this season in overtime losses, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're losing a lot. Of, they're losing a lot of games. Like, that loser point has been pretty big for them this year. But again, you know, they can play good hockey and they have a great goaltender. So, uh, yeah, they're. I mean, they're a team that it's pretty easy to see them making the deep run as well. All right. Before we wrap this up, uh, Alex B. Smith, I go to you first. Are there any teams that you look at that uh, might be flying under the radar right now that you think to look out for come playoff time? And then on the other side, teams that are maybe getting a lot of hype that you think undeservedly so. 
Uh, well, the Minnesota Wild, I think that's a team that's getting a lot of hype. They got a lot of steam and momentum. And, you know, that was a great win with the buzzer beater last night. They've gotten points with 15 of the last 16 games. But this team, they're playing such tight hockey right now. I feel like they're just going to burn themselves out when they get into that first round. Uh, and I, I can see them uh, easily getting bounced. For they, I can see them winning that division and, and drawing a, you know, a tough, tough matchup in that first round and, and maybe losing in, in six or seven games. Like that wouldn't shock me one bit. I think this team, uh, they've benefited from some great goaltending once again, from a, another uh, unlikely source in, uh, in Gustafson. Philip Gustafson has really held up things well. And Marc-Andre Fleury has now been able to bounce back from what was a really rough, first half of the season start, but I just don't really like the makeup of this team. And I don't think the consistency of them scoring, especially without Kirill Kaprizov is concerning in a seven game series. So that's the one team I would kind of be down on. And like I said, for a team that I think is still on the radar, I like the LA Kings. I mean, we don't hear people talk enough about Adrian Kempe and, and Gabe Velarde. You know, those are some guys that, like I said, you know, they're not household names, but they're emerging and, and they're consistent and they're always visible on the ice. Uh, every given night, and it may not be necessarily in the goal department, but you you see them, you notice that their play, uh, they're, they're always responsible with the puck, and, and it's just these are teams. That's it's a team that just you know gets kind of buried under the shuffle of Edmonton and uh, Colorado and Dallas, and I think LA could really surprise some people once the playoffs start. There you go. Gabe Velarde is him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Moretto, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Teams that are overhyped maybe at this point and then teams that uh, people are not looking at that should be looking at uh, that should be getting looks at as they head into the playoffs or teams to look out for in the playoffs. Um, I won't beat my uh, overhype to death, but I, again, I think it's the Rangers. Right. Everyone looks at that firepower and, you know, Broadway and Patrick Kane and, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko and, Artemi Panarin and MSG and, you know, whatever. I'm just, just not for me. It's not for me whatsoever. Um, I'm going to stay in New York for my under the radar team. I uh, maybe, maybe this is a hot take. Um, if the uh, Islanders take that first wild card spot and they play the Canes in round one, the Islanders will beat the Canes in round one. And uh, I want to see the Islanders make it. I think that this is a better team than um, is, you know, they their kind of reputation they like everyone thinks this is just some boring garbage hockey team that just rides Roken, and that's somewhat true to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but um, man, I mean, you give Sorokin, uh, you give Sorokin, you know, seven. You got to beat Sorokin four times. I don't care who who he's playing. The Islanders are going to have a chance in any series they play, and they've been playing good hockey. They've been playing a lot better over the last month or so. Um, expected goal share, you know, above fifty five percent, well inside the top ten. This team is sort of figuring it out right now. And when you're backed by a goalie like that, they're pretty deep up front. Like they're just, they don't necessarily have the star power up front, but they've got the the depth and uh, they kind of have a makeup of a team that is capable of making a run. You know, like if, if Sorokin can channel the magic that Halak did in like 2010, I can see like a similar, almost like Islanders run there where they can, you know, upset. They play Boston. I think that's a bit too much, but if they can play Carolina in round one and get in that Metro bracket, um, you know, maybe they play the Canes and they play the Devils in round two. I could see it's not out of the realm of possibility that they make a, a very deep and surprising run. Yeah, I think so as well. It was something I talked about last night. I obviously saw the, got to watch firsthand the Leafs played the Islanders. And watching that Islanders team, the way that they play is very, also just from a general standpoint, is very beneficial to playoffs it is that slow yep. you down grind you down uh type of hockey where uh you see from the islanders one thing that they do 
better than a lot of teams that you see, especially when it comes to playoff time, is they don't necessarily create a lot of their own chances, but they take advantage of them when they appear because mm-hmm. they force you into situations that you create chances for the Islanders to take advantage of. Uh, yeah. And you see that last night with their defense, their neutral zone play, the way that they clog things up, it's basically just wear you down and wait you out until they can take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, and I think this year, especially one thing you mentioned there, Moretto, like more than ever is that Lane Lambert, the way that, He's kind of the things he's gotten out of some of these guys. You add in Bo Horvat, you bring in some more offense out of Matt Barzell. You're going to have an opportunity for these guys to take advantage of those opportunities more than maybe they have in years past and have that pop out and then have Sorokin go on a run. Uh, You could be looking at a team to go far, but uh, yeah, that could be an interesting team to watch for sure. I mean, they're deep, right? Like they can go, they can go, they can roll four lines in the playoffs and that's huge. And they'll, they'll just sort of wear you down. They can play heavy. I know people hate to hate to hear that stuff, but like they, they can play playoff hockey. They can absolutely play playoff hockey. And you know, it's true what Jordan says in the chat. Sorokin is having a better year than, uh, than Shesterkin did last year. What he's doing, which is what Sorokin's doing right now is unbelievable. And, um, you know, if they end up playing Boston, I don't think they'll beat them. I obviously don't think they'll beat them. I think Boston's, you know, pretty pretty unbeatable right now but I, it's not out of the realm of possibility i mean with Sorokin there there's a chance yeah yeah they're they're they're, they're a pesky chance. team they're a pesky team they're they're annoying to play uh you know and, they, and they're counter punches like like you said zach they don't make yeah. their own chances but they take whatever the opponent gives them and, and, and make it work and and we've seen them make those deep runs in the playoffs before because of that like i said they're just built that way and that's the reason why they're not really a great regular season team where they don't look that impressive uh, on just yeah. the average night in the regular season because that's just not their style. Their style is that grind it out. You know, like I said, you you have to find a way to beat us four out of seven times. And uh, yeah, there's, there's you know that they will give some teams trouble. I don't think they make it that far, and I don't I don't think if they play Carolina, they'd win that series. But they would not make it a, a easy series for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I want to ask you is before we get out of here, Forger said Florida or the Islanders, which is a bigger threat? Uh, Nelson might be week to week. Um, leave it there. Florida or the Islanders, which is a bigger threat? Alex B. Smith. I'm gonna say the uh, Islanders. I'm gonna say the Islanders because I, I think Florida, Florida, once again, like saying you know when when they're on, they're on, but their drop off is just really bad, yeah. especially on that back end. So I would tr- trust uh, the Islanders more there. Yeah, I right. think uh, I think Florida's ceiling is a lot higher, but the Islanders' floor is is significantly higher. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I would mm-hmm. look at it. Right. Fair enough. I had, I would put it about the same as well there, and I think especially with the goaltending in Florida, you never really know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis, whereas with the island, you pretty much know, as you said there, Murdo, like the floor is much, much higher. Um, all right, that'll about do it for today's games. Uh, for today's show, if you were looking for the picks, if you did want to track them, we'll recap them here now as well. Uh, we're First bet, we're taking the Colorado Avalanche first period puck line, minus 0.5 plus 155 for a full unit. That is the Avalanche first period puck line, minus 0.5 plus 155 for a full unit and our second and final bet the Arizona Coyotes to cover plus two and a half on the puck line minus 110 tonight against the Edmonton Oilers that is the Coyotes plus two and a half minus 110 for a full unit tonight against the Edmonton Oilers those are today's full best bets only two games on the board here tonight so uh 
two picks for you in two games. Hopefully we can win some money on that and continue off of the night we had yesterday going up three units, uh, 24% ROI on the night from yesterday's show after we fired away 12 darts on the games last night. But Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed to this channel already, please make sure to do so. Hit like on this uh, stream as well. Helps us get out there. Helps us get to more eyeballs, continue to grow the show, and be able to do this every day for everyone. So thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Alex, Alex, thank you guys for hopping on the show today. Uh, greatly appreciate it. As always, look forward to seeing you guys back here next Wednesday. But for everyone else watching, I look forward to seeing you guys back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. Good luck on your bets tonight.